Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And today we have an amazing guest with us. Do you want to introduce her, Diana? Yes, absolutely. Today we have Amanda Suga. Amanda is a life coach who combines science and spirit to help ambitious women drop the struggle to live by their own rules and manifest their dream life and business. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What a wonderful introduction. (laughs) It's a pleasure to have you here today, Amanda. And so I'm curious, you know, I'd love to get right into our conversation. Is there is there a part of your body that has been easy for you to love? Yes, I definitely feel like it's been my nose because this is a funny story. So I'm half Portuguese, half Filipino. Um, and my Filipino side of the family and actually my husband's side, I remember growing up always being told like, oh, you have a really like n- nice nose. Like it was always just reinforced. So I think it was just very easy for me to be like, oh yeah, I do. I do have a nice nose. Sunglasses fit me. Like I don't have to worry about them sliding down. And that was just constantly reinforced throughout my life. So that's been like the easiest part of me to love just because it's gotten, I guess, what I would say like an unusual amount of attention in my life for some reason that I wasn't really aware of. And then especially when I met my husband's family, they would all comment like, oh, you have, you don't have like a flat nose. And I thought that was really interesting because I was like, I just never thought of that, but okay. They're like, oh, you have such a nice nose. I hope your kids have that. So that's always been like the easiest part for me. And I just think my face in general has been, um, yeah, so that's been the easiest part of me to definitely love unconditionally. That is amazing and beautiful. Diana, I think that that's the first answer that we've gotten for somebody to say their nose. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, being Filipino, I can definitely understand um, where there's a there's a certain like feeling around your nose. Um, I have a like sort of flat nose, but people have always told me that my nose is really cute. And I would be like, what kind of comments is that? Like cute nose? Like, what does that even mean? Like, um, yeah, I don't know. So I can totally um, understand and resonate with like, especially in Filipino culture, there being people who somehow make comments about like the the width of your nose, like what it looks yeah. like. Um, but even non-Filipinos have commented on my nose. So yeah, <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a, it was a weird thing to hear. And I think I started hearing it when I was like getting older. Um, and I just was like, oh, that's interesting. But okay, I'll take it. I love that. Well, and for me, I've been always told that I have like the classic button nose because I have like the round part with the two little anyway. So, but I've never really loved my nose, even though I get told a lot like, Oh, you have the classic button nose. You have like the nose that everybody wants, which I don't believe is true. But, um, because I get blackheads in my nose, like really easily. And I have done everything under the sun that you could ever think of, like every gimmicky thing um, and treatments and all kinds of stuff. And I the pore strip. Oh, yes. I was like the pore strip queen in high school. (laughs) Um, My poor nose. And 
The thing is, is they're not really that noticeable. I don't know that anybody that that even my close friends or family would say, oh, you know, she has blackheads in her nose, but I see it really easily. And so it makes it harder for me to be accepting of it. And that brings us to our next question, which might be a little bit more challenging. What is a part of your body that has been more challenging to love? Yeah, I'll definitely say it's been my stomach or like my midsection. Um, I'd say like growing up in high school, I was I was pretty thin. Like I would often, my mom would often say like, I need to gain weight. But for some reason, I just always held more weight in my stomach. And then as I got older, uh, put on more weight, had a child, that area obviously became more pronounced. And I just um, remember like, even in college, like having a lot of girlfriends wear quite revealing clothes. They had really flat stomachs. They were athletic. They worked out. And I, that just always felt, I always felt self-conscious about that. And I think, especially after having a child and obviously your body goes through a lot of changes afterwards, that was just kind of the area where I was holding all of the weight. And it just, it, it became somewhat of a difficult part of my body to dress because then it became like, well, what do I wear? What can I wear that is fashionable, but still hide that area um, so that I'm not like self-conscious about it. I'd always be wearing the Spanx whenever I was, you know, wearing something a little bit more form fitting. Um, But it's just, it's just always been an area. And even now um, after I've, more recently lost like 15 pounds. Like obviously I can't tell my body where to lose it from, but it's still an area that I'm kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm trying really hard to like love and accept this area. Um, even though it doesn't maybe look the way that I would like it to in my mind. Yeah, I I can definitely resonate with that too. My stomach has also been an area on my body that has been a little harder to love. Um, I have stretch marks, which in society we're told are not beautiful. I think Mm -hmm. they're beautiful now, but I didn't when I was younger. And yeah, I think it's interesting when we look back in history, um, you know, women's bellies were so like revered and like almost worshipped, right? Because of the miracle of life. And and there's been such a switch in our culture. And, um, and I look back on like goddess statues or goddess paintings or even like Rembrandt paintings um, and look at how women's bodies bodies were represented and how beautiful they thought every little curve and, you know, even little roll was. Um, And, but I hear you, it's, it's hard because of, of how, you know, we're told to think about our bodies. Do you, do you feel like that impacted you and how you kind of associate with your belly and, and, you know, having a more challenging relationship with that? Do you think that that impacted your your beliefs around that yeah definitely I think you know when I would especially like when you're shopping for clothes right um I used to work in a corporate environment so you know obviously like dressing the part was really important to me and it just I don't know it kind of made me feel 
I don't want to say like less worthy, but that's probably what it was like, because when I would wear, um, you know, like a slick, a dress, a business dress, or even like slacks. Like there was always like this bulge there that I couldn't, you know, hide unless I was like wearing Spanx or like wearing something that somehow kind of held it all in. And I think that that, like, it kind of almost made me like, not regret, what's the word I'm looking for? It made me kind of resent that area of my body. And I don't think it was until... I got pregnant and and had my son that I was like, wow, this, my body is amazing. And it did this really amazing thing. Um, and it has this ability to go from, you know, within a week's time, like holding, uh, a, a full term baby to then shrinking back down to like a somewhat normal size. And I don't think it was until that point that I really was able to like, love that part and be like, wow, thank you for doing this amazing thing. Um, and I think now having gone through the process of motherhood and obviously like working on my own mindset around, around self-love for myself and especially my belly, um, I think I'm now at a place where I'm like totally able to just like, yep, that's what it is. It's there. It's a part of me. It's, I can hide it if I want to, it's fine, but I definitely feel so much more freer on like just accepting like, yeah, that's, that's what my body looks like. And that's totally okay. Yeah, I'm curious, Amanda, like, um, I hear you experiencing and really seeing the shift around motherhood and like, um, being able to kind of connect more with like the divinity of your body or like, um, this amazing, it's amazing ability that you didn't necessarily control or force to be a certain way. It, It just is your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if you're looking at that, what is, what do you think, um, what do you think can like kind of help somebody else who might be going through that experience, uh, to kind of find those moments where they can really see and, um, have more reverence for their body? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think anyone who becomes a mother, that'll, that'll happen automatically. But I think for anyone who just kind of wants to like, love this body that they're in like what I actually ended up doing um more recently this year was like I do like daily gratitudes and I would like spend time thinking like yes I'm happy for all these things that are outside of me like my home and what I get to do for a living and my family but I also would spend some time being like how am I grateful for like my body like what has it done for me like today um Is it like, you know, digesting food, giving me the ability to like walk or exercise or um, really just thinking about the things that we we take for granted. I think that our bodies do like my ability to see, my ability to hear, my ability to taste this food and do all these everyday things. I think that is something that you can get in, that anyone can get in touch with um, every single day, like just by finding one thing that maybe they have been really thought about that their body is doing for them that it's helping them to create in their life and I think if you do that then you become so much more appreciative of of this you know this physical being that we have here yeah I hear you um talking about appreciating your body being gratitude on your body um and that 
really recognizing it doesn't have to be these grandiose things. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be like a huge event. It's something we can literally do with our body where it is right now. Um, we don't need a different body in order to love our body more. We need to appreciate the body we have. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And I think to add on to what you just said, like we don't need a different body. Like we can love it where we're at. I think the biggest shift in that for me was like, instead of trying to change my body so that I could love it, it actually works the other way around where if you love your body exactly where it is, I think that it makes it easy for you to make the changes that are in alignment for, you know, your, your best physical health or for your highest good. Um, it's kind of counterintuitive. We think we need to change in order to love ourselves, but what I found is like, if you love yourself first, exactly where you are, your ability to create change on the physical level is going to be so much easier. That's really wonderful. And what I hear you talking about is shifts in mindset. And I know that you have used this in the work that you do. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. So I am a mindset coach. Um, my firm belief is that our mind and Diana will know this as well. And probably our mind is where we manifest from. That's how we create things in our lives. And so as a mindset coach, I help women create their dream life and business, whether that's creating a new business, whether that's um, excelling or finding their dream job. But that also looks like creating more calm and peace in their everyday lives. It means changing the way they think about themselves to create more time to take care of themselves. So if we look at mindset around like self-love, my example for myself has been that once I started to actually take time to think about like, well, how am I speaking to myself? How am I talking to myself? What's my self-concept? Um, who do I see myself as and I, on an identity level? And does that align with the vision that I have for myself and my life? And so a big thing that I did was start to really look at, well, how can I love myself more right now? Um, in order to create a healthier body or a healthier lifestyle. Or one of my big goals that I had set out was that I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to get down to like the weight that I was in college. And the thing that really helped me change that was to change the way that I was thinking about myself. Like instead of seeing myself as someone who had a hard time losing weight and someone who needed to lose weight in order to love myself. It was switching it around to like seeing myself and believing that I was someone that took the best care of my body, that um, ate foods that nourished me, that exercised, um, that was intentional with what I was eating and, and how I was taking care of myself every day. And that is what eventually led me to take certain actions to then lose 15 pounds over the last three months. And I've never lost this weight or felt so great about myself in a very long time. So I think that mindset, I know mindset is the key to creating um, a healthier body, but also to love yourself, to be able to love yourself in the process. Yeah. I love what you're saying about that, Amanda, because I had a similar experience when I struggled with with my body image where 
um, where it really was about understanding that it's not just what you're doing is what I'm hearing you say. It's really about who you're being, how you're thinking about yourself, how you're feeling about yourself and where that comes from is from our mindset. So we get to define how, how we think about ourselves, and that, that shifts and transforms even the actions we take where I imagine that because of this, you know, making the healthier choice to eat a salad or to eat, um, you know, a vegetable or whatever you want to have that, uh, that is nourishing for your body. It's easier because you're coming from a place of this is nourishing for my, my body. This is, this is healthy for me. This feeds me, um, this gives me nutrients versus eating a salad and feeling like I'm being punished. And like, I'm doing this because I gained too much weight and I'm not good enough. And so having, yeah. whether we're taking that action from the place of um, a mindset of self-hatred or self-love really is the transformational um, kind of key in changing the results. I love that. Yes. Yes. It, you hit it the nail on the head. Like it doesn't actually matter if you go to the gym every week or if you force yourself to eat salads, because if you're not really changing who you believe yourself to be like it's going to be really difficult to continue that behavior to be inspired to keep doing it on just like sheer willpower alone and so I definitely think yeah mindset is the key to changing the result the action might be the same it's just the the energy that's different well and I think that this ties in perfectly to um, science. You know, I'm a neuroscientist and I love um, the fact that our brains are wired for us to be more successful in every area of our life when we're practicing self-love. So not only are we shifting energy by shifting our mindset, we're actually using our neurobiology to support us in that success. Yeah, I love that. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Arliss? Like, neuro, I guess, like, I'm wondering, like, um, if you can explain, like, neurobiology. Yeah, so neurobiology is the study of the actual structures of the brain. Um, and there's a portion of the brain called the frontostriatal pathway. And there's been research done that shows that that area of the brain codes specifically for self-esteem and self-love. And it's one of the only ways that we can access the areas of our brain that are used for motivation and reward and decision-making. So when we are moving through self-love, we're actually using like a super highway to access those areas of our brain. And we all know that when we're more highly motivated, when we reward ourselves more, we have more success in our lives. And I think the most exciting part is that we can actually strengthen that part of our brain, um, just like a muscle. So we can make it more active, we can make it thicker, and we can make it stronger by practicing self-love and self-care in these mind shifts that you're talking about. I love that. That just like connected a dot for me. Like it's the self-love is opening up a part of your mind that's going to help you create better results in your life faster. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, um, you know, in the energy work that I do, I just think of love as a highly creative energy. 
You know, when you think about love as like, if you're thinking about it from the practical sense of, um, of birth and, and the, the process of that, there's, there's often love that's part of that. Even if you think about the way that we can really break through with goals, when we are, when we are in love with the goal, when it's something that we have a certain level of emotion and connection to it, it is so transformational. So I love that. Um, and so our next question, Amanda, is um, to describe one of your self-love or self-care practices. So what's what's the practice that you have for self-love or self-care? Yeah, this has been one I've been refining for a while. I definitely started off with trying to solve the self-love I guess, equation from an action. Like I was like, I need to wake up five o'clock in the morning and like do my morning ritual and meditate and do all these things. But it was really coming from a, from me, like trying to force and pressure myself into doing this act. And what has really helped me is just setting the intention that I'm going to allow myself to give myself whatever I need every morning. So whether that's sitting down with a cup of coffee and reading, whether that's um, listening to a podcast, whether that's journaling, some days it might be meditation, but really leaving it open-ended and coming from a place of like, I'm just going to give myself whatever I need and want in that moment and really making that time sacred and and not skipping over it. So I have a a two-year-old and so sometimes he's awake very early in the morning. And so I don't necessarily get to do it before he gets up, but I'll make sure to give myself that time, maybe after I drop him off or um, maybe my husband can watch him for a little bit so that I can just kind of have that moment to give myself whatever I need mentally. Maybe it's physically, like maybe I go for a walk. Um, I love to go to Magic Island and take walks. And so that's probably been the most profound um, act of self-love and self-care is just allowing myself to, to do whatever that might be and not immediately jumping into like, well, what do I need to do today? Or what do I need to check off my list? I love that. And what I'm hearing you say is it's the practice is really being intentional with this space and the time. Um, so being intentional about having time in the morning to do whatever it is that you need, allowing the piece of you that is doing the doing to kind of figure out what it is that that needs to be done or that best benefits you that day without there being a strict structure of it's like, it's always journaling, it's always meditation, it's always this, like what feeds your soul I'm hearing is is being able to give yourself the variety that you want. And to me, the way that I kind of think of that too, is like, it's like people who want the same thing for breakfast every day, um, or people who want something totally different for breakfast every day. And then that's kind of what's cool about life, right? Like we don't have to have the same breakfast every day. Um, but if we want to, that's also okay. And, um, it really gets to be to our taste. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause there are some weeks that I do the same thing every day. I'll sit and journal, um, like do some self-coaching for myself, but there are some days where I'm like, I really want to get outside or I just want to sit here in the quietness and read for a little bit. Um, and if I have time or if I'm, if I'm paying attention, like I love to do that at night as well, after my son goes to sleep, before I go to bed, like, I love to just be like, what do, what do I want to do for me right now that has nothing to do with a to-do list or, 
um, something that I need to do, but what, like, what do I want to do? Like, do I want to watch a movie? Do I want to read? Do I want to, you know, hang out with my husband? Um, or do I want to hang out, you know, with my son before he goes to bed? So really just making sure it's coming up from a place of like what I want and need instead of like, what should I be doing right now? Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. And it, it makes me wonder if you're using the same concept when old patterns arise, you know, old negative patterns arise, how are you reconnecting with yourself? And maybe you're pulling on what you've already talked about, but I'm sure our listeners would love to know your little gold nugget of how you reconnect with yourself when those negative patterns come up. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good thing to end on because I think those negative patterns are so ingrained in us from when we're children that I don't believe they'll ever like go away completely. So I think the best way to, for me to reconnect is like slowing down and being able to like catch myself in those negative patterns or starting to recognize like a feeling I might be having or a thought pattern that I'm like spinning around in. Um, and like giving myself compassion in those moments, not like judging myself or like, why are you having this thought again? Like we've already like worked on this. Like, why is this coming up? But really being like, of course I feel this way, or of course I'm having this thought or, um, just kind of like letting my, I guess you could call it like my inner child, like, Hey, it's okay. Like we're human. We're allowed to feel this way. And I think like having that compassion and non-judgment and being on to like when that's happening and being able to slow down to be like, okay, this is happening and this doesn't have to be a problem. It doesn't need to be like something we sound the alarm for, but really just allowing it to be there. And I think most times when I've done this, just acknowledging that that's happening and giving myself compassion and not judging myself for it. I'd say within a few minutes of just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to allow this, this feeling, whatever this is, maybe this kind of like um, self-judgment or hatred or criticism that I'm having about myself or my body or whatever is going on, that can be okay. And for the most part, it usually kind of like, it's like it, by allowing it to be there, I allow it to also leave as quickly as it came. And then I'm able to get centered and be like, okay, well, what do I want to choose to move forward with um yeah that's probably my process for kind of addressing when those negative patterns come back up because I think they always will yeah um you know what I love about that too when I'm when I'm hearing you share Amanda is um is really like taking a pause and then really applying self-compassion for yourself. So not getting to that place of, oh no, I've been through this before. Why am I here again? Um, you know, if, if you're in the, if you're watching live or if you're listening, if you can resonate with that, you know, I mean, that's, that's something that I think many of us feel is this, when we get back into that place, it's like, oh no, not this again. I did this already. Um, and we can get to this place of judgment. And what I'm hearing you say is, uh, really recognizing that as part of the pattern. So we can, we can heal that or we can transform that when we, when we give self-compassion, um, when we forgive ourselves, when we do the inner child healing, then we're able to really break through that pattern. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think self, 
now that we're talking about this, like self-compassion, I think is such a powerful tool because it's instead of kind of what I think society teaches, which is kind of like whipping ourselves into this certain way of being or doing or creating. It's really like being more allowing in whatever's going on. And that like validation in itself, I think is so powerful and just allows us to then keep moving forward um, in such a like, in such a more grounded and productive way than I think what the societal norm is around like kind of conformity and trying to fit into a certain way of being or, or thinking. Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. And it's such a great lead in because our next question is what are some of the body image expectations or societal norms that you feel like you've broken out of during your life? Yeah. I'm trying to think, I think a lot of this work for me around like body image and self-love like really came to head after I had my son. I think when you become a mother, I think there's all of these kind of like societal norms that you kind of like, well, I should dress this certain way, or I should cover myself up more because now I'm a mom and I have kids and I need to like set an example. Um, I remember after my son was born, like for some reason, I thought like I needed to like dress more conservatively for some reason. And perhaps it's because my body had changed and it was like in this weird in-between place. Um, But kind of this idea that like, as a mother, you need to like be conservative. I don't even know where I got that from. Maybe it's from my mom. I'm trying to think. I want to say she's pretty conservative. But when I was really working on like, well, how can I just like, what do, how do I want to dress? Like, how do I want to feel in the way that I show up in the world? I think breaking through that norm that like, yes, just because I have been a mother does not mean that I need to look this certain way. Um, because I think that is like more acceptable or like appropriate. Um, that's been a big one for me. So like, yes, I am the mom that wears like low cut tops and like <laughs> um, bikini bottoms that, you know, show my butt because I, I like wearing them or who wears short shorts or um, who has a lot of tattoos. I think tattoos has been a big one for me as well, especially because in my previous career, I was working um, in a more corporate setting. Like I have one here and I have a couple on my wrists, but I, I wanted more, but I always like felt like, well, I can't get them where I really want them because I don't want people to think I'm not serious if I show up in this way. Um, and I think now that I'm not in that space, number one, but now that I'm kind of like, well, I get to just make the rules about how I show up in the world. Um, I'm definitely planning on more tattoos. (laughs) I can, I can resonate with that. Uh, I have extensive tattoos myself, which most people are surprised by because they're on my back, but I have a tattoo that goes from the top of my shoulders on my back, all the way down to the tops of my thighs. Oh, wow. um, And then goes around my midsection. What's interesting to me is, you know, I'm a business coach. I'm out there in the professional world and I'm a public speaker and, and I'm a soon to be author. And so like people see me in these different roles 
just like they see Diana in those roles and they see you in those roles. And then when they see me in like a bikini picture, it's not the, oh my gosh, she's in a bikini. It's like, oh my gosh, you're completely covered in tattoos. And they're so shocked. <laughs> and I'm, and I think, you know, with as colorful as my personality is, it should not be a surprise that I'm covered in tattoos. Um, but they find it really surprising. And, and I'm grateful to break out of that societal norm, you know, and, and I know that Diana can speak to breaking out of societal norms too, um, especially with like her bathing suit shots. I mean, it's incredible the the stuff that she shares. I don't want to speak for you, Diana, but what she shares in in her social media is amazing. Like, it's just incredible. And um, have you ever had somebody be surprised by those, Diana? Yeah, I'd probably guess that my mom is not my biggest fan and that kind of stuff. And I can definitely understand uh, Amanda with. Um, you know, like ooh, having this idea of who you're, I'm not a mom, but I can definitely get that sense of like, oh yeah, you're supposed to be this as a mom where you, you turn into a caretaker as if, as if there's not a sexual part of you, as if there's not this other part of you that got you to motherhood. Totally separate. That was not, you know, you changed all of a sudden. Now you're conservative. That's how you became a mom. Right. Um, and I think that it's like, it's such an interesting thing because I also hear you speaking about it in the corporate setting where it can be that there's this idea of what you wear, what you look like, what um, what you what your per, what your appearance says about you. And I can totally hear you, too, when it comes to starting your own business, how it can be this place of, well, where am I? You know, like, how do I express myself? How do I be myself? But not. Um, you know, and not necessarily this corporate person, but keep it in a place where it still feels good for my business, um, mm -hmm. where it feels like, you know, if I'm doing these things that it's really just representative of me. Right. Yeah. I think since starting my business and like kind of really jumping into mindset work, it's kind of like, I've realized that it doesn't really have anything to do with what I'm wearing. Um, because I firmly believe now that like, it's not the clothes that make the woman, it's the woman that makes the clothes. And so it's like, how, who am I showing up as in my business? Like, what do I think? How do I want to be seen? And whatever clothing choices I make from that place of believing like, yes, this is who I want to be. This is who I help. This is who I am. That's going to be the right choice, whatever it turns out to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm more along the sides of you, Amanda, where like I'd prefer to be in the short shorts and like all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that another perspective that I've really appreciated is um, is knowing women who dress more conservatively, who own their conservative dress. Right. Like it's so cool to mm. me to see whatever a woman is wearing her just own that and feel comfortable. And I think that that's that's what I'm hearing you say is instead of it being about the clothes make the woman like you, your energy, what you embody is what makes right. the clothes. And it's just an expression of you. Um, and, and same with the tattoo. So I'm, I happen to be tattoo free. Uh, so I have no tattoos, which is my husband has tattoos. My sister and my brother both have tattoos. Um, so it's not something it just is again, it's my expression of me right. that I don't have tattoos kind of thing. 
And I love that, you know, I love Arliss's full back tattoo. I love your tattoo, you know, but I think that it's about, again, how we get to make that individual decision for what is right for us. Right. Yeah. I love that. I don't know why this is coming up for me, but I feel like maybe it's important to say when I was in my corporate career, like I definitely had much, much more emphasis on like the clothes I was wearing. Um, I love fashion. Like I love clothes and shoes and jewelry and all the things. But in the beginning, I think I was like, I need to have these certain clothes so that I come off a certain way. And so it was almost like trying to change the circumstance of the clothes I was wearing to make me feel a different way versus when you love yourself and know who you are and are really solid in your own kind of self-concept the clothes become so much more fun like the the dressing and the expressing yourself whether that's tattoos or jewelry or shoes or clothing and I guess what I want to share with your people is because I've heard people say like well I need to buy like better clothes or I need to shop at this place or I need to have the designer bag or the shoes or the things to like make me and it's like yes those are all great and fun but if you're not feeling good about yourself like none of that's going to show through and you are going to know it. So um, that's something that I learned. I think, I don't want to say the hard way, but it took me a long time to learn that like none of the things actually matter. It's just about how you feel in them. And if you're called to the designer stuff, great, but it doesn't have to be. um, It doesn't have to be. That's really beautiful. Thank you. I feel like that was a mic drop moment. I know that our listeners are just loving it. And and we're coming close to the end of our time today. I would love to know from you, what do you want to leave our listeners with as a final thought? Yeah, what I'd love to leave you all with is that you get to decide who you want to be. You get to decide what your story is, what you stand for, like what kind of person you are, um, regardless of how you were brought up, where you come from, what your heritage is, like you simply get to decide um, who you want to be. And then you get to build your belief in that. And that's how you can change your life, really. I mean, that's what I teach my clients and my practice. It's really about you having a choice and choosing that and then building up your proof and your belief in that. And that's what will, um, that's what will change things for you. It's not the actions. It's not how much of it you do. It's not the clothes. It's not how much you weigh or how your nose looks. It has nothing to do with any of that. You can always choose. Um, and you can always choose just because you want it. I love that. That's a reason enough, right? It's I want it. I would love it. It energizes me. That is a good enough reason to to do it. And um, and it really is, again, about being yourself, loving yourself. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. So if our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, how can how can we get them in contact with you? Yes. Um, my main platform is Instagram. You can follow me there. I offer a lot of valuable tips, advice, perspectives. My username is at the Illuminary Co. Um, from there, you'll find links to all the goodies that I have. You'll find the link to my website. 
Um, and I'm actually hosting um, a workshop tomorrow. It's called Manifest Your Next Goal, where I really break down like how you're manifesting with your mind, how you can shift your mindset to make your next goal inevitable. Um, and that can also be found through the link in my Instagram bio. So go ahead and follow me. Say hi. Um, yeah, that's how they can find me. Awesome. And I'm dropping the links into the chat. Um, you know, we have Shirley here saying, thank you. Great topic. Just talking about some of the weight setbacks that she faced. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Amanda. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. And we're excited at the potential of having you as a speaker at our conference. And yeah. Diana, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about our conference that's coming up? Yes. Oh my gosh. So we have an amazing conference. If you guys are enjoying the podcast and these conversations and, and the depth that we're getting a chance to deep to dive into as we're talking about our journeys with self-love, with body positivity, self-care, self-acceptance. The conference on October 20th to 22nd is going to be two, is it two and a half days of us just diving deep, having community, building support, sharing story, uh, sharing different perspectives, not just the things that we've all heard, but things that, you know, just as Amanda shared today, um, different ways that real people have been able to break through giving real solutions. So that's what our conference is all about. Uh, and it's coming up soon. I can put the link for that actually to Arliss also in the chat. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us. We were so thrilled with all of the amazing golden nuggets that you shared for our listeners. And I personally love how you just empower your clients to really make the mind shifts necessary to create the life that they're looking for. That is powerful stuff right there. Thank you. Thank you both so much for having me, for having me share my story and my message in this space. And to everyone who's listening, just go ahead and love yourself a little bit more. <laughs> well, you heard it here on the Body Positivity Podcast. Thank you again. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.